Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comp Day, the podcast supporting young professionals of color. Um, I am very excited for this episode today. This is one of the um, topics I actually wanted to touch upon when I first created this podcast. So it's going to be about Asian men being eclectic and really breaking a lot of the stereotypes. So we're like, we're going to fuck these stereotypes. Like, we're not doing this anymore. So for Employee of the Day, I want to highlight um, an Asian American photographer named Daniel Suang Lee. I may have said, pronounced the name wrong. <laughs> the last name, but um, Daniel is a really um, very successful and really high um, demanded photographer in Brooklyn, but kind of he kind of works all over the place. So um, check him out. His um, Instagram, you can spell him out by Daniel, D A N I E L, and then his last name, S E U N G L E E. So his first name and last name are all together on Instagram. So yeah, check him out. He's pretty cool. Um, great work. All right. So I have um, three Asian men with me. <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, so. I am going to allow them to introduce themselves. Um, if you can say your names, um, well, we're going to start with the returner. So if yeah, you can say sure. your name, um, how you identify culturally and ethnically, and I think for purposes, um, kind of being more specific on descent, and then um, any other identities you want to share, and what you do for a living, or what you do. Hey everyone, my name is Andrew Kang. Some of you guys have may remember me from the last podcast series with Andre. <clears throat> I'm a first generation Korean American, born and raised in New York City. Um, I'm a technology consultant full time, and I also um, am a model signed here in New York City part time as well. We're happy to have you back, Andrew. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, I'm Sastra. Uh, I am a gay Cambodian um, and also mixed with French, which is pretty common. Um, I work in reality television. I'm from uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Hey guys, it's Davey. Um, <laughs> I am a Cam- I'm a Cambodian as well. I actually met Sastra like two years ago, and I found out he was Cambodian as well. That was really nice. Um, I'm a teacher in East Harlem, and I grew up in Rochester, New York, so upstate. Thank you all for joining me today. So we're about to get real as hell. We're gonna we're gonna go there. We're gonna start with the the model minority myth. Okay. You're great at math and science. You um, you have always have good grades. You only work in business and STEM fields. But you also have no personality. Have you heard that before? <laughs> yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, when haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we did have some articles that we went through and some videos, and we're going to have those links um, in the episode, so you can join us with that, everyone who's listening. Um, so with the model minority myth, how did you all feel um, about those um, stereotypes? How Have you experience that how have you kind of had to work through that or how do you feel um well as well as particularly a southeast asian um we are not i think on a broad scale um affiliated with that but when you're within like when you're in a school and like everybody's like white they just assume you know like Mm -hmm. they see all they see all asians as sort of the same um so my parents didn't really have the like oh you need to like 
be the, you know be like have perfect grades and all this stuff. I got all that influence from people in school. That never came from my own family. That came from uh, what other people perceived, like, I guess, my kind of Asian as. Um, and I was never good at math or science. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so it was, it was a little bit of, I mean, I, I, I would say it's a little bit of a struggle, but it's mostly, it's weird because I didn't really care about how other people felt about me, but I still felt like, obligated to fill in that role. Despite not having that be a part of my actual cultural identity, you know, what I mean, like not, we're not exactly mm-hmm. broad, you know. Yeah. A, a, in the article, it's mentioned that um, at some point they hyper selection, right? Uh, only mm. choosing the best, the best. Um, that is not how Cambodians got here. Yeah, um, I'll I'll piggyback off of that. I feel like uh, in terms of the personality point, like. Sometimes I had to just use my personality because being good at math or science was not one of my strong points. And utilizing that and saying, hmm, what are the other skills that I have, um, was able to guide me into where I wanted to go. And I think it's not it's not a traditional nor a non-traditional thing, but being able to use your strengths to find the best occupation for you is something that I've always internalized growing up. And so I just happened to go into an occupation that I really enjoyed that utilized all the best aspects of personality and not being good at math. Let me tell you, you Davey is the definition of a people person. <laughs> <laughs> definition, living embodiment. Um, so how about you, Andrew? How did you feel about the article that um, touched upon model minority myth? Yeah, I mean, I personally thought it was really relevant. I mean, I mean, just going back to Sastra's point, I mean, all those ideas around, you know, the, the Asian stereotypes, I, I don't know where it came from. I mean, it wasn't influenced by... My, like my family or my parents um that had no influence on me um i know i mean personally i do work in a stem field full time but um that never stemmed f- i mean yeah that never stemmed from um you know my put my, my parents pushing me in a, in that certain direction um no but I'm, I'm i'm excited to you know dive deeper into this conversation um and i guess you know we have three asian men um, here in New York City, so let's 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 dive in. Did you feel that pressure externally? So maybe outside of the community, from whether it's white folks, black folks, Latin folks, people who are not Asian, this expectation that Asian Asian Americans specifically behave in X way. Uh, I mean, I say, I say kind of, I mean, I feel like, you know, no matter what people around you are always going to have some sort of influence, um, whether you want to consciously take it in or not. Um, so I think, you know, growing up, I mean, especially I was born here. So, you know, growing up in Long Island, all my, you know, colleagues and, and other students in the class were predominantly Caucasian. Um, and then growing up, I, I just felt like I was, kind of comparing myself um, to them and letting that influence sort of seep in into my personal life. So so to your question, kind of. Okay, that's yeah. it. That's a very, that's a that's an experience yeah. that we're going to, that's valid. It, People go through. It's it's hard to pinpoint it, right? But we all know, mm. we all know the, the stereotype. We but It's hard to pinpoint where it affects us or how, or when mm. we heard it or when it's expected of mm. us. Um, like I, I personally can't, but I I went to school with almost I've I've actually didn't go to a school with a person who was Caucasian until I went to college. I was um, mostly all inner city. I was surrounded by uh, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, 
um, black people and com- uh, Cambodians, particularly, and some Hmong. Um, so I don't think any of them. <laughs> it's, 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 perhaps it comes from the media. Perhaps it comes from things I see on TV. I just I don't recall any particular instance of, of having it pushed on me, but I still feel like it's being pushed on me. And it, it's sort of odd to say that because you're not able to pinpoint it exactly. Like a microaggression. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like it hits, but you're like, ah, I can't explain this. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is hitting me. I I can't explain this. And it's not their fault. The person doesn't really understand what they're doing in this moment. It's just happening. And I yeah. don't know how to navigate this awkwardness right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree with everything that was said. I think that the like prove what you have based on your accolades and your accomplishments is something that is also internalized into that. And I, I too don't know where that pressure like comes from, but like it definitely is an internalized thing that we have to deal with. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No. You know, what I will say though, um, being from, uh, I'm from, so I'm from like the not so nice part of Providence. Um, <laughs> I actually used, um, I, for, I realized I was sort of safe when I, when I, um, sort of abided by those stereotypes. Like, I stayed quiet, um, and I didn't really get involved in any gangs or anything like that, and I'd see all, all my peers do it. And then if I got great good grades in school, people would leave me alone. Um, and people would assume I'm quiet. I'm, I am not, I do not consider myself quiet. You're not quiet. <laughs> but, uh, but, it's, it, but when you per- sort of portray that, um, people, see, people see you as, you know, like, oh, he's quiet and he puts his head down. Um, and that's not at all at all what I was thinking, but it, it, it's it's really odd conforming to a stereotype that you really don't know where it comes from. It, yeah, and just to stem off that, I, re- I, I specifically remember when I first moved to Long Island in third grade, um, I, I was kind of like you. I, you know, I just, I knew what I had to do. I knew, you know, my parents expected, you know, to, for me to be successful and in order to do that, you know, put my head down and just get the work in. Um, and I kid you not, like after that first year being in the third grade, Everybody thought I was a straight-up immigrant, and I didn't know how to oh. speak English. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yo, that's some shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, the, people have these already pre-justified, like, expectations or assumptions um, just because you act a certain way and you don't look like the the majority of the people in your room. And even, like, one step beyond that, um, I was even considered to go into, like, ESL courses wow. to learn what? English. Um yeah. Which, which inevitably I did, and and then they found out like, yeah, I I speak perfect English. I'm like, why am I here? Yeah, you know? I also like want to jump on that too, like, like looking a certain way and then being mandated to do things. Mm-hmm. Like, I also had to take ESL classes, which kind of decimated yeah. like the bit of Cambodian that I knew when I was like six. And I mean, I obviously got some of it back, but. Um, like if that never happened, like how would my like ability to communicate with the people that are from Cambodia be? Right? So yeah. if I may ask for both of you, were you well for Andrew? It sounds more clear that you were put in ESL based on the way you looked, mm-hmm. not based on the way that you actually spoke. Mm-hmm. For you, Davy, were you placed in ESL because it just you didn't? This is I don't mean to sound crazy. It they perceived you of not grasping the English language like everyone or just the way you looked like similar to Andrew's situation. No, I think um I think that because my parents were heavily like Cambodian speaking and not so much uh like English speaking, I think it was um it was I guess maybe assumed that I didn't know how to speak the best English and 
I mean, it was beneficial because English is actually one of the favorite, like one of my favorite things to digest and like really observe. It was more of just like fun instead of like like a necessity, if that, if you will. So I don't know. I think it was more based on what like was perceived instead of what like actually was the thing. Because when I was in kindergarten first, I was one of the higher flying kids, right? This is interesting. It's new for me because I think. Especially, like, my mom's an immigrant, but, mm-hmm. like, black immigrants are very invisible, especially if they don't have accents. We're not seen as immigrants. Mm-hmm. So, like, no one would know that my mom speaks a different dialect of English because she can flip back into – she's lived here long enough that if people mm-hmm. speak to her, they think she's from here because she grew up here since she's been 10. Mm-hmm. Um, she speaks exactly the same accent I speak, but then can change her accent immediately. But this is an experience, I think, when – people who visibly are seen as immigrant or the immigrant community Mm -hmm. this is this is new for me to hear i was like wow i did not know because this is not something i experienced and um i think yeah it's valid people have all types of different experiences like so like a lot of times people are like oh black people we go through the worst it's like okay yes we go through some shit our status won't change in history for for like for hundreds of years but other groups of people are experiencing things that we don't experience. Like we are, if I go to the airport, I'm not followed. Um, I am not seen as a foreigner. I'm just seen as second class citizen. Like there's just certain things I just do not experience that other groups do. But um, yeah, Sastra, you no, Sorry. I mean, I, I don't know if this strays the, too far in the conversation. When I was growing up, I actually, this is going to sound weird. I actually considered black uh, uh, the race bl- black people to be the majority because yes. I was surrounded yes. uh, and I was like oh these these um, I want to be more like the majority um, which is um, obviously not really you know, I was like what like 10 years old I didn't know that right. <laughs> um, but then I went to college that was my first experience of seeing of, of actually existing around Caucasians and making Caucasian friends, and then seeing how see uh, there was a um, fraternity that was that was almost exclusively black, but you know not not technically, but you know they were obviously um, mostly minorities, and I was like, that's weird. Why is there? Why why are there so many white fraternities and only one black fraternity? I like it. Did, I know it sounds really strange. <laughs> I did not know it, it, it. Did not know that at all. And so going back to the personality thing, um, all of my friends had huge, huge, huge personalities growing up. People, I mean, I, I, I'm sure everybody everywhere does, but uh, you know, um, they. I, I I wanted to be like that. I wanted to be mm-hmm. big and funny and and all that stuff. And and I. I but then at the same time, if I once I moved on to college, I was like, oh, I have to take this down because this is not what, what what's expected of me anymore. Because I'm now, I like realizing now that the my, what I thought was the majority was actually a minority. I know it sounds really crazy, but when you're just, when you physically just do not see anybody who is not of color, it, it, it changes the way you sort of see the world. I'm not going to lie, my undergrad was an experience because I didn't also grow up with that many white people. The ones I did were like, among people of yeah. color so we kind of vetted them we we're like yeah, you belong yeah. to yeah. us yeah. like yeah. you one of us like yeah you white but you're like eminem white like <laughs> like you yeah. you're our people so like and then experiencing white people who were not part of that paradigm i was like oh shit this is different oh my god people really prejudice out here mm. yeah they, they don't yeah. understand black people it's like crazy. like there's just a, yeah. they, people say things to me or they like feel uncomfortable i'm like i'm so friendly i'm not violent what do you mean i'm not good at basketball i'm short yeah. I, I can't <laughs> shoot a hoop like no like, what sports you like i'm like i, I don't know i like to Ryan, long distances. <laughs> I can't run fast. <laughs> but um, I wanted to segue into 
I think this would be a disservice to have this conversation and not talk about the diversity of Asian Americans in Asia. So, like, yes, we do have someone of Korean descent and two people of Cambodian descent, but, like, it doesn't discount the fact that we don't, yes, we don't have um, Desi people in the room right now or Mm -hmm. um, folks of um, some Middle Eastern folks who are um, Asian folks. Um, And some of and some of those groups do encompass some are placed in that Asian minority um, model or myth at times. So um, kind of to speak about the way people are treated, the way people are perceived. So I so tell me if this is a far fetch. I think in in my experience, um, when people think about Asians and this is shown a lot in um, Crazy Rich Asians, they and it's been something that Amy Wong, the comedian, said, and this is not my words, this is her mm-hmm. words in her HBO special. She said there's classy Asians and jungle Asians. And I think a lot of times people view like like um they'll see you, Andrew, and they'll be like, That's you're the image of an Asian that people universally see. They'll see Chinese, Korean, like Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. But they won't look at like Cambodians, mm-hmm. Malaysians. Southeast Asians, yeah. Southeast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is that's the term we've heard. Uh, I'll, I'll, add, I'll sort of, I guess I'll admit, like, I guess within the Asian community, it's sort of our thing to have. Sometimes we will joke about something like that, but it's definitely, it's, you know, because Amy Wong, obviously, she understands. Um, yeah, like we were saying earlier, people see East Asians differently than Southeast Asians sees differently than South Asians. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just like two bands, I feel like like a minimum of two bands of different kind of Asians and you're almost always bucketed into one of those bands. Mm-hmm. So Andrew, your experience, how is, um... yeah, I mean, well, what about <laughs> it though? Like, so, so yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I know there is like a distinction between like Southeast Asians um, being compared against mm-hmm. East Asians. Um, I think I've heard once, I don't know like what source or that this person um, got this uh, idea from, but Someone once told me that back in history, East Asians were considered of higher class than Southeast Asians. I mean, it had something to do with th- this is like so like <laughs> colonialism, so did, but this is just what I heard. Um, you know, someone once told me that Southeast Asians, obviously, they're more towards the equator, so mm-hmm. they're darker skin, mm-hmm. um, and then more high class Asians. Um, would be inside working, whereas Southeast Asians are more on, like, outside. Um, So I just thought that was fascinating. But, again, I don't know how true that is. Um, But, I mean, I personally – I I like being tan. And, you know, like, like, I know when I go to South Korea, um, all these people are more pale in comparison, and and they like that. Um, It's – it's a, it's a sign of uh, class to them. Class, yeah. yeah. It's the same in Cambodia, actually, despite yeah. us being close. Because if you're – they light-skinned Asians are called uh, barang sometimes. It means mm. that you're mixed with French. Mm. And, then they, and then they'll say you work in a city or you work in a building. Mm. Uh, and then if you're darker, they say you work in a field. Mm. Even though right now there's really that not a, you know, not a huge difference in terms of, like, the jobs in Cambodia. But, like, that's the sort of – but like like we we get just as dark as anybody else. It's it's mm-hmm. sort of a. I mean, it's it's not to like a, oh East Asian Southeast Asian. Even within Cambodia, just the country itself, they have those 
those lines of like, oh, you're out in the sun, so therefore you must be working like a poor man. And I think colorism, the history of colorism, I think, is universal. It so is. that happens among black countries. It happens among um, Latin countries. Like, the lighter you are, it's like, oh, you have class. Mm-hmm. a level of class. In or you have you something. You, you have, have something, s- like, with an upper hand other than someone that has darker skin. It's more like a, I guess they look at it as like a proximity to whiteness. But, like, yeah. whiteness is also not also mean success or this thing it's just i think it's just a way that when colonialism happened it's just like this is the way we control groups of people i don't think before that i think different groups of people asians black people white people um of even indigenous people i think we looked at each other as the same like it wasn't like this whole the lighter or darker or whatever features i think everyone's like oh you're just a person because the world has always been connected right but in terms of colonialism it's divided people to to kind of confuse people and to control people. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to move towards, so you're all in industries that, um, and Andrew partially, that's not STEM and not finance. Um, so if you can kind of discuss a little bit what you do, um, again, um, to kind of bring representation, because I don't, on media, they don't, I don't think it shows a appropriate or respectful representation of Asians. Mm-hmm. And like Asians are like everyone else. We're, everyone's eclectic. There's so many different people doing all types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a kindergarten teacher. I teach in East Harlem. I've been teaching for about four and a half years. Like in in terms of like the teaching industry, that is considered like a veteran teacher. Like like having the more the more years you have, the more of like the systems and the organization and the things that you have to be a more successful teacher. Um, so the questions about um, the respective industries, right? Yeah, so you're yeah. so being like in, a, in an industry where you may not see many people like yourself or yeah. people don't expect to see a person like you in that industry. Yeah, I mean, I was recently at an open house um, for prospective kindergartens um, and first grade kids, and I was sitting in the audience watching my principal answer like a Q&A, and... Um, one of the moms asked, like, what is the diversity like at the school? And she listed off, like, there's a lot of black and brown teachers, and there are not many male teachers at the school, um, something that she's trying to improve. But then she, like, pointed me out in the back and said, there's Mr. Sack. He is um, a kindergarten teacher, and he's a kindergarten male teacher, and there's not many of them in the city in general, and we're not going to let them go. And I was like, oh, (laughs) so I am, I fit this demographic of, you know, a teacher that has had many years is also a person of color, also is gay, and just, I fit a lot of, like, categories, I guess, or... You know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. yeah. You, got a, you got a lot of membership cards. I got a lot of membership cards. <laughs> yeah, I do. And actually, um, I think representation is really important. I just watched the show called The Other Two, and there was um, a gay Asian teacher um, portrayed in not like a stereotypical way who knew all the secrets of the school and had a great relationship with kids. And I was like, who is watching me? Like, that, that's me. That is me. So how about you, Sathja? Uh, well, I, wor- I work in reality television, or well, unscripted television particularly, because it's not all housewives. And I love the shows that you do. <laughs> I watch them religiously. I love the shows you produce. So, uh, I work on from anything from the housewives to like, I'm right, I'm right now I'm working on a, a Food Network show for Bobby Flay. Um, uh, so for me, I hop between company to company once I finish a show, so I'm, I'm technically a freelancer, but like, I've built enough connections. So I was thinking about it as I was coming here. I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever experienced like any sort of like bias. And then I, re- then I was reading about how these people don't get promoted. And um, 
not in my current job, but in when I was uh, like a couple years ago, there are definitely produce and like I mean, it's it's true. They there are people who make more, way more money than me who I work with, who ask these like these questions that like are so simple, right? They like like I'm like, how did you get this job? These are um, how did you get these jobs? These are like these are really simple questions, like things that I can't like tasks that I can execute um, really, really easily, um, they wouldn't know how to do it. But all these people would move up, and I did not. Um, and I, 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 not to toot my own horn, but like, I'm like, I can do the job like way better than you. <laughs> and I see all these people who are not at all competent, um, but they assume that I'm good at tech because I'm Asian, which is ridiculous because I never even thought that. I was like, wait, they're like, oh, oh Sothra will probably know how to fix this. I was like, yeah, I do, but like, why don't you? You get paid like literally $45,000 more than mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, to do net, not that much more. I mean, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say it to the face, because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll literally be like, no, I, I should be asking you questions, but because I'm Asian, they, I, I'm not, I'm not even joking. Because I'm Asian, they expect me to know. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, oh, it's because I'm a good employee. I'm like, no, they didn't ask them; they asked me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like I don't think it's I don't think it's on, I, I don't think it's on purpose. I don't think they see me. They're like, oh, that guy's Asian. Let me ask him. I think they just like gravitate towards <laughs> me. I'm like, okay, like how can you fix this tech issue? Um, and my job is in, is in, is creative. Like we we basically you know we film the show, it gets to us in like you know hundreds and hundreds of, of hours of worth of footage, and we cut and decide what is good enough to put in the show. What's funny? What's going to turn into a meme? Um, <laughs> and but the parts that I get asked more about are tech stuff, which is really not what my job is about. Um, and then going back to it, the. Yeah, I, I've realized more and more that people around me get promoted, and I get sort of uh, uh, stuck in this role because people like having me as a as a resource. Um, because if I have their job, which I will eventually, um, I would be the one asking the questions, not helping other people out. Does that make sense? That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. And do you do you feel like in your industry and in, um, reality entertainment um, that you see Asian folks or just folks like that look like you? It's pre- it's pretty rare. Um, I don't think I've ever met another Asian male producer. Yeah, I've are, are you a producer? I was going to ask what I, your role I'm was. I'm a junior producer. Okay, so I'm 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 like I do like half of what they do plus other stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't. So there a lot of people are editors. Which they they just do the it's the tech part. Um, but no, I don't actually see a lot of Asian men. I see a lot of Asian women okay. um, who are either in management positions or in the tech side of it. Not so much in the creative side of it. Even though I know a lot of Asian women who are trying to get into that particular spot. It's it's it's, it's really weird. Entertainment, entertainment's really weird. Um, it also matters um, if you're doing like... Um, like design, like commercial, if you're if you're doing graphics or something, it helps a lot if you're actually East Asian. Does that make sense? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So people, if you have a Japanese name, for example, they're going to assume you're going to be really freaking good at this. Um, and I, w- once again, I think it's just internalized bias where they're just like, oh, you know, like this person's name is foreign to me. This person <laughs> must be good. I'm not even joking. That's a total thing. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure you can see that. Like, in other industries. So how about you, Andrew? So so remind me again what the question was. <laughs> so I, I feel like we diverge into like different areas. In no worries. So you're part of a couple of different industries, but mainly the ones that um, are not 
finance or STEM, mm-hmm. um, one, do you see people who look like you in those industries? And also, do you, um, what is that experience like um, as an Asian man in those industries? Yeah. Are you experiencing certain things that your peers are not? Or is things like, oh, no, I'm not. Everything's fine there for me. But I'm, cool. Or are you seeing people that look like you? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. <laughs> oh, I love to talk about this, too, because it's so so to give some context, I, I feel like I kind of live two very different lives. Um, you know, here in New York City, you know, one is, you know, my full-time job as a technology consultant. I specifically focus on HR implementations. So working with software, helping our clients out, um, you know, hopping across different projects. And, in, you know, in that sort of field, it's it requires me to be very analytical um, and very strategic in a sense. And I feel like this is where uh, most of my, you know, education from, you know, school has led me to, whereas... And and that pays the bills, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be brutally honest. And and then like the other side of me is the more creative side that I think was more innate, um, that I haven't you know had the opportunity to fully let out um, as I was you know getting older throughout you know high school, college, etc. Um, and you know to have this opportunity, this pocket to uh, I guess release this inner desire to to express myself in a different way that's not analytical um, feels so great. And I feel like this is the area that I'm truly passionate about. Um, So, you know, about a year and a half, so to give some, rewind about three years ago, I started competing in bodybuilding. I was just an amateur. Um, You know, I, I followed a very rigorous uh, diet, exercise, um, coaching, and I eventually got to a professional status, um, not from one federation, but two different federations. Um, and I sort of, I, f- I feel like that kind of validated my myself in thinking, you know, hey, like, if I can do this, like anyone else can. And, you know, in the bodybuilding industry, you don't see many Asian people um it's it's actually really really rare um so when people you know compliment me on the street saying hey like i've never seen another asian guy with muscles you know it it personally does mean a lot to me but at the same time it's like like why don't you see more people like this um and then so fast forward um to about a year and a half ago i actually got scouted to uh become a model within an agency out here in new york um and it's it's been a a really exciting journey so far um being one of maybe two or three asian males in the sports and fitness board within my agency out of amongst maybe 150 guys is is like obviously it's obviously rare and i love you know going back to you know what davy said it's all about representation and you know i i always feel like Everywhere I go, um, I kind of have this pressure to to stand up for, you know, like our people, like people, you know, of Asian descent. Um, and I try to do that to the best of my ability. But it's also like not solely on me. Um, and I realize it's not about me whatsoever. Right. So, you know, for me to be able to express myself through modeling, through, you know, photography and videos um, and just be able to promote myself, I just feel that it's 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 something that's truly important to me. Um, and you know, partly why I'm here as well, just talking about it with you, Andre. And, you know, I, I love this avenue to, to represent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I mean, I, we talk about this all the time. Like there's, there's such a lack of 
Asian male presence um, in Hollywood and and even reality TV. Um, By the way, uh, Softer, I have to talk to you because uh, a reality TV show has reached out to me. Yeah, so we'll talk about it after this. I was not. I see you. You put. I see you pushed your weight up since our last interview. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, "I'm getting an acting." I'm like, yeah. "That's right." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> speak, yeah. speak it on the podcast. It will happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you declare it, and you'll be amazed how you know if you s- truly stick to your lane and actually passionate about it. You know, opportunities do come your way. But you feel that right? Like representing, feeling you have to represent for the. For Asians, mm-hmm. right, and 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 going, but you know, we were saying how we're like uh, uh, different uh, factions of Asians, but when we do things and we where we feel uh, underrepresented, I feel like we feel like we're representing for a lot of people. And we want to in a lot yeah. of ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And you were saying, oh, it's not about you, but in some ways it is because you mm-hmm. are you have the ability to do so. You have the yeah. ability, and and you know, our community thanks you for that. You know, a lot of times. You know the sh- oh, sorry. Stop me if I'm going no, off. No, no, no. This off. is all good. But do you Go know? The, you know? Remember the show Looking on HBO? Yeah. Yeah. I think it took place in San Francisco, I believe. Yeah. And there were like no Asian people anywhere. Yeah, no, there like, was no anyone, but like white people, white and, people, like one Mexican. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was fine. There was no black people. It comes like that's not our scene. We're not in San Fr- in the Bay. But continue. Sorry. <laughs> But you know they it's it's a it's, I believe it at least at the time it was a minority majority mm. uh, with Asians being the majority and I was like okay like I don't have that big of expectations from Hollywood but let me see one or two <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any. Um, yeah. and people say it's because oh well, like we make about five percent of the population or something like that it's for me and and you guys can disagree with me agree with me let me know uh, the it, it, it's less so Crazy Rich Asians was a big deal. For a lot of us, obviously, and yeah. the, and because one, it shows that we you can sell right. You, you you don't need to have a white person leading in a romantic comedy to have people care about the movie. First of all, all of us in here have seen many movies starring white people, and we've been connected just like anybody else. So it's right. crazy that it had to be a thing. Bradley Cooper is my that's my dude. He does a good job. He just does his stuff. But go <laughs> ahead. But, see, exactly. But you feel connected to you know whatever whatever story he's telling through his acting. It doesn't matter what race it is. But it's hard. But for some reason, for Asians, it was difficult for people to uh, allow us to uh, to have an opportunity to to uh, to have a, a main role now. What I want to say is the five, you know, maybe we don't re- represent, uh, aren't a huge number in, in America, but our impact mm-hmm. feels differently than that. It feels like it's heavier than that. So when we're, so when I'm watching, I, I'm really big on politics. So I'm watching like these polls come out. I see, never do I see what the Asian community is thinking, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like in numbers, sure, like maybe we're not, we don't make up that big of a population, but we talk about LGBTQ and that we don't make a bit, you know what I mean? It's about, I, for, to, for me, it's about impact. And I don't know how I got here. <laughs> no, no, it's important. I think that the Asian population, like 5.6% is still significant because black people make up 13%. Um, but it's still significant. However, I think that whoever is the decision making or the power players, they decide who is heard and who is seen. Mm-hmm. So I know as a black person, we're seen in media. People look at us because we're also the elephant in the room for America. Mm-hmm. So like, I think if they're able to brush you under the rug, like many other groups are, so like, they don't talk about mentally ill people. They don't talk about Asian Americans. They don't talk about indigenous people who still make up a significant part of our population and have contributed to our population. They don't talk about certain populations when they can brush them under the rug. Um, but... There is, yeah, representation matters. Um, So kind of segueing to kind of towards the end of this episode, I want to kind of hit on 
representation in the media. Um, there was a video we watched that will also be in the link in which a lot of the actors were saying that the biggest figures, Asian figures, for some reason, were always portrayed as not American, mm-hmm. always yep. portrayed as being foreign, even if it was an Asian-American um, actor, as well as the fact that either you did karate mm. or you were smart in doing science and you were very or math and you were very quiet. Yeah. And there was just this lack of equitable and responsible representation and like they were saying like yeah I never saw until I saw this person even in I think it was a Desi Desi person that said until I saw X person on screen who wasn't cuz they were always saying I'm always typecast as a cab driver mm-hmm. all of a sudden I saw this person on screen and I was like that's me yeah. that's someone like me so um in representation um the problem that we've seen is that statistically Asian Americans are least likely to be promoted than any other group in the United States. Mm -hmm. However, Asian Americans make up 12% of the professional workforce. So, yes, it's 5%, but it makes up 12%. That's a badass percent is doing it. It's 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 like you doubled up like and then on top of that. But the problem is that Asian Americans make up five point nine percent of chief executives. And that's not unknown for other groups like black and Latino. We make up nearly the same percentage mm-hmm. while um, white Americans or white people in America make up 90, almost 90 percent. So like. And it's just weird because if, if the model minority myth is something people want to carry, why is 5.9 percent the leadership percent of all industries for Asian Americans? So and then you're not promoting Asian Americans saying, oh, well, they can't be in leadership because they don't have this personality. and They're not like this. And we want to keep value. We want to keep them to suck from them, but we don't want to have them lead. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is just a very disgusting part of our culture. So um, in terms of your experiences, have you seen Asian leadership um in your lives in any other capacity that is your job in your roles or in your workplace or in other workplaces have you experienced trying to be in leadership and seeing a pushback or people really supporting you like let's kind of get yeah i want to get into the the rough and dirty (laughs) (laughs) i'm mulling because i don't think that i've seen many like asian leaders influence my life like obviously i've seen my parents and they're asian leaders but i haven't really seen like an asian educator i haven't really seen like um i mean i guess aside from you know stem or martial arts because i did do taekwondo for like six years like i haven't really seen an asian influence um in terms of a leader and that kind of like that kind of cultivated something in me because I was like, I could do that. Like, I could be part of that. And the duality of, like, doing what you want and being, like, this representation in wherever you are is something that I feel like I've had to deal with for a while. And um, to be a leader currently um, in an industry that doesn't have many of me is a very fulfilling and nice feeling. Like, it is nice to finally be what you always wanted, right? Baby's right. paving the way. Paving the way. Even the yeah, jewels. Are, I mean, it's right? a stressful position right, to be yeah. in, don't right. get me wrong, to yeah. represent everyone, but it's... Yeah. it's. Oh, thank you for yeah. leading this. Yeah, yeah, go you. ahead. You're welcome. I'm sorry, how about you? Uh, and, what was the question? <laughs> so the question <laughs> is um, around leadership. Do you see folks like you in leadership and have you um, received pushback in becoming leadership? So you mentioned that before. Um, yeah. Well, I don't want to use tools. I don't want to say the word tools. But like, I, I definitely feel like we are, going back to what you were saying, like, you know, sort of 
the model minority thing, right? They expect us to be like some of the best the best employees they've got there, but they'll never promote us. They sort mm-hmm. of and they're sucking. From, they're using us as tools, basically, right? I mean, the only way for for me and my industry is a little bit different because it's a lot more diverse. It's a lot more. Um, it's it's uh actually it's I'm always surprised when I see a, a white man uh, running a show and not a woman, um, but uh, I you do receive a little a little bit of pushback based on the personality thing. So I have to make a, a big effort, sort of uh, towards the end, like towards the end of the show, to be like. You know, it's when we have to go out and get drinks, I have to put on like I have to like let, be myself all of a sudden, right? Like I I I didn't realize I was being stifled so much until I had to uh, show them my personality so they can like me, so they can promote me. Um, but during the actual you know period in which we're working, uh, it's hard it's hard to sort of um, step out of that boundary where you're not expected to. be to be bold or be opinionated. Mm-hmm. And that's not because anybody says anything. It just feels like I sh- it just, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, I guess I have internalized like sort of some of that model minority stereotype and, and live with it. But then towards the end, I realized, wait, no, I need to break out of this. Otherwise I'll never get promoted. Cause they're not going to promote somebody who can't like talk back to a network, run a cast, uh, you know, deal with the house vibes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but I, I know I can. It just it's it, it's tough, sort of breaking out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting to hear because as a black man, I say one word. Oh my God, Andre said this thing. Mm-hmm. It becomes this whole like I'm super creative. I'm super loud. I'm like, I said one thing. Yeah. I didn't say that much. I'm mad. Like I'm not doing all this. But um, Andrew, <laughs> no, Andrew, how about you? Um, do you are you seeing Asian Americans in the fields as leaders in the fields that you're in? And then when you're trying to kind of like climb up do you feel any pushback or do you feel support who are you getting that support from yeah 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 yeah. so okay so going back to like the two different lives so in the former um you know consulting i actually do see a lot of asian americans i mean it's obviously not where i think it should be at but we are growing in that leadership presence um i know personally i try to make an impact myself um within my uh, consulting firm, which is actually one of the largest in the world. Um, I currently lead the men's employee resource group for oh, New York Metro okay. and New Jersey. Oh, and, shit. you know, I don't get paid <laughs> to do this. Um, I don't even get like a bonus. I don't get any sort of recognition, um, I guess, like monetarily or in terms of like promotions. But I, I personally do this because this is what I believe. And I believe that, you know, if I can pave that way and show, you know, other Asian Americans that, hey, you can be a leader too, then that's just like a perfect example. Um, I think I remember one time all the employee resource group leaders all met together in, in our New York City office and someone assumed I was one of the co-leads for the Asian American EOG. EOG? And, you know, I, I could totally see why. Um, and I actually let them know I'm not I'm, I, I don't co-lead that. I'm a member of it because um, I support it. Um, but, hey, like, it's just because you're Asian doesn't mean you can only lead Asian-related groups. Um, so I just thought that was, you know, kind of like an eye-opening experience. Um, and then, you know, on the other side of me, you know, in terms of, in terms of modeling, um, in terms of representation, I just feel, you know, in order to make a way, you kind of have to – not only support it, but be it. Um, and I think, you know, being an Asian 
male model, especially in New York City, is 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 kind of rare at this moment in time. But I feel like we're we're growing in presence, um, and I just feel that it's you really have to be careful how you carry yourself. Um, obviously, you know you, you guys know like all the typical Asian stereotypes we just spoke about, like how they're mostly in STEM fields, how we're only good at math, how um, you know we keep privately to ourselves, and you know I I, I try to strive to be that kind of person where I can be a living and breathing proof that yes like Asian American males can be outspoken we can be handsome we can be fit Mm -hmm. uh, we can get girls not you know and you know Mm -hmm. so I feel you know it's kind of like my responsibility to to showcase this and you know obviously like some people are going to get this the wrong way it's like hey you're so full of yourself you 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 know like oh you have an Instagram just like of photos of yourself no that's like there's no context to just a photo right um mm-hmm. it's it's the story behind it and i just really feel that um in order to make this movement stride you you have to embody it mm-hmm. yeah thank yeah. you i'm glad we're all having the conversation i mean it, it needs to happen and i'm glad it did happen yeah. and i just want to um segue because we're closing out soon and um based on this conversation um if you can leave one word from this conversation, um, the first word that comes to you to leave with the audience to leave with, um, yeah, just let them know. One word. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are looking at me. I'm still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, importance. I think importance of whether like what you do is being the representation that you want to be seen, mm-hmm. um, the importance of knowing what your self-worth is in terms of advancing yourself and making sure that like your best self is put out there and importance of knowing that this is still a big thing, like not having the representation that you want to see. Yeah. Um, I would just say impact. Do you, do you want me to? I mean, you can if you want to. We got two minutes. <laughs> uh, I'll be quick. No, I, I, I actually these two. I'm sitting with. I am actually admiring both of you because you guys are making strides in and impact in, um, especially in education and entertainment. Um, being called attractive as an Asian man is 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 a new thing. <laughs> Black women are experiencing too. Issa Rae talks about. Yeah, it. That's yeah. another day, another time, another day. Yeah, no, it's true, it's true. Black, yeah. I mean, black women, Asian men have to align and mm-hmm, fight mm-hmm. this movement. But yes, yeah, um, sorry. Issa Rae. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I was also going to say impactfulness, but um, at the same time, I think you know something. One important word that comes to mind is just love because, I mean, love goes a long way, right? Um, I just feel like, you know, if you're trying to share um, your opinions, um, you know, on the presence of Asian Americans, you know, to have love is to also be able to be willingness to be willing to, you know, also hear other people and their thoughts and kind of um, have these discussions, these healthy discussions around that as well. Well, thank you all for joining me today. I'm so glad we had this conversation. I hope this um, recording changes some lives today and breaks stereotypes and also empowers those who are experiencing um, these realities. Um, So thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're going to clock out.